Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to see you again, and welcome back to Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm Ryan Ruff, your moderator, and as always, I will be joined by my right-hand man, the star of our show, Mr. Mark Wade of Echelon Family Office. We're going to be re-getting, you know, getting back into, of course, another wealth management discussion here on the show today. And today, it's all about the business owner. And if you're an entrepreneur out there, the idea of selling your business, I can imagine, it's probably come across your mind a time or two. Well, if you do ultimately decide to sell your business, you'll likely encounter one of two real main types of buyers, a financial buyer and a strategic buyer. So one of which could be the right one for you. And that's really what our discussion is going to be about today. Mark and I are going to be exploring how these two types of buyers really function and whether, you know, which one might make the most sense for you and your company, given the goals that you envision down the road beyond the sale. So with that, let's go ahead and welcome Mark aboard. Mark, good to see you today. How are you doing? Hey, Ryan, how are you today? It's great to be here with you. I'm doing well, doing well. Can't complain. And, uh, you know, this is a big moment in a business owner's life. You know, we've talked, we've had conversations about this moment in prior episodes, but we're dying, diving specifically into the buyer's perspective today. So the first type of buyer that I mentioned a moment ago, Mark, is this idea of a, a financial buyer. Why don't you frame it up for us? What can entrepreneurs really expect when they are encountering a financial buyer? Absolutely. You know, financial buyers, they're really professional investors, you know, and they're looking, uh, you know, to buy, uh, buy and sell companies for a profit. So they're solely interested, really, in just getting a financial return, you know, by purchasing that company and, and ultimately selling it. And that return, you know, oftentimes it comes in, in one of two forms. It's either funds that are taken out of cash flow of the company or it's by the sale of the company at, at a future point. So, you know, in short, it's all about the return on the investment. They're in it for the for the return. Their financial buyers are they're looking for a return on their investment. And that means that you're usually going to find a financial buyer who's willing to pay a little bit more if you can make a compelling case that your company is going to generate some strong, reliable profits, not just now, but you know, for the foreseeable future too. So buying and then reselling that company is is the most common way for financial buyers to make a profit. They're looking for the purchase and the sale. And they're fond of always saying, hey, we make all our we make all of our profit when we buy the company. It's the price we pay for it. So, you know, the financial buyers, they really do tend to be uh, opportunistic. They generally search for undervalued companies, you know, like like most investors do. We look for undervalued opportunities. And then they, you know, the reality is they seek to buy low and sell high somewhere down the road. Uh, they also look for companies that have significant growth potential, and that's based upon primarily the industry that they're in and sometimes their location or some other type of growth driver. Sure. And, and Mark, let's I want to look at the other side of the coin now. What's the entrepreneur's role in this relationship and and dealing with a financial buyer? So better yet, where does the seller really fit into the buyer's vision for the sale of the company? That's a great question. and 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 people ask me that often. The reality is it's it's usually, but but not always, these financial buyers have a really deep knowledge of the particular industry or the type of business, and they concentrate their activity in that single area. So they're almost like specialist buyers, right? Uh, and and so, for example, a, a financial buyer might focus almost exclusively on retail oriented companies or may go even a lot deeper than that by buying only apparel retailers or automobile retailers or something of that sort. 
and and they typically these financial buyers they're they're typically you know they see your business solely as an investment not as a hands-on enterprise that they see themselves running someday they're looking for a turn of the asset so you know what they expect from you and and, and typically from your team is you know they really really look to main want you to maintain you know your activity in the business you know even after the sale so that you can keep generating those profits for the for the investor slash buyer uh and and so financial buyers they they do inject capital at some points in time uh in, into the businesses that they buy potentially giving the seller you the seller right assuming you remain at the helm some greater opportunities uh to pursue other initiatives uh you know that that may drive stronger growth inside that company they also will regularly find themselves engaging in financial restructuring you know because that it could boost the value of the companies that they're buying maybe your company and 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 they take actions such as reducing expenses and using debt to expand the businesses in order to increase their resale price down the road no, this is good stuff, Mark. And, and let's talk about where they come from. Where do you typically see financial buyers uh, coming out of the woodworks from? You know, mm -hmm. what kind of entities are they uh, typically representing? Hey, Ryan, you know, they def they typically fall into two distinct types of financial buyers, private equity firms and family offices. And of course, you know, we're, we're a family office. Uh, but the vast majority of them are typically tend to be private equity firms, and they tend to be quite knowledgeable and extremely sophisticated when it comes into, you know, the various different aspects of deal making, including the due diligence and evaluations, the legal expertise about the acquisitions and, and the deal structuring itself. You know, that said, family offices can also uh, be involved in, at an increasing rate in, in purchasing uh, companies or investing in privately held companies. You know, entrepreneurship is how many families with family offices became wealthy in the first place. They created their own wealth by being in a family business, a small business. Uh, and so buying and selling businesses is often seen as something that they can do naturally and in a, in a, in a way to generate additional wealth. As with the private equity firms, most family offices also have extensive experience in doing these types of deals, especially in certain industries and sectors. Of course, of course. Well, okay, so we've we've taken a deep dive into the financial buyer. Let's pivot now and look at that second one that I mentioned at the top of the show, and that's the strategic buyer. Mark, how does a strategic buyer ultimately differ from the financial one you just laid out for us? Hey, Ryan, in contrast to financial buyers, strategic buyers are typically focused on how an acquisition can complement and enhance their existing business or businesses. For a strategic buyer, the logic behind the purchase is one, we already own a business. Two, we're going to acquire a new business. And three, that has to equal additional power of the businesses combined, right? So one, one has to equal three. So in other words, the value of the combined company is greater than the value of each individual company operating on their own. They call this synergy, by the way, and there are two main types of synergies. There is reliable synergies that have a high likelihood of increasing uh, company efficiencies and profitability. Think about that for a second. Increase company efficiency and profitability. These type of synergies, you know, often are, are easier to quantify, you know, and, and thus they're more likely to contribute to a higher price, you know, at sale. Uh, 
potential synergy. So first is reliable synergy. The second is a potential synergy. Uh, or, you know, these are synergies that can lead to greater corporate capabilities and growth. These synergies could be more about uh, you know, non-nebulous things, although they can be nebulous at the same time, uh, and they may or not, you know, have major factors regarding the pricing of the company. So the more likely that these synergies the more, exist, the more the more valuable your company will be to a strategic buyer down the road. The better your ability to identify and make the case for these broad range of synergies, the higher the sale price you're likely going to get at sale. Sure, sure. So it's a much, I mean, it's in the name. It's much more of a strategic focus on the acquisition as a whole. But Mark, in your in your opinion, how does a strategic buyer ultimately mm -hmm. see that that greater level of value being created? You know, that next layer of value, if you will. Yeah, so that so that's real important, right? Because that's what the buyer is really they're they're focused on. How's it going to increase the price of this company if I want to sell it, or how is it going to increase the the value of my existing company if I bring it into the fold and add it to my company. So they're looking at a number of things, right? They're looking at access to new markets, extremely important. Does acquiring this company make new avenues to distribute my products or services available to me? An expanded product line, how will any existing products of the acquired company, is it going to benefit the product lines of my existing company? And how about this one? I mean, We've all experienced this, right? A company gets acquired. Well, who else do they acquire at the same time? The talent, the employees, right? So is there an increase in talent that's going to help benefit my existing companies? Uh, what about cost efficiencies? You know, things like elimination of, you know, of redundant expenses. Can we, will we be able to cut back thereby increasing the bottom line? on both of our companies. And then, you know, then there may be some new capabilities, things like enhanced distribution, or maybe I'm acquiring some intellectual property, which is extremely uh, popular nowadays. So in addition to that, and, and, and maybe the last category might be, you know, a more powerful brand and reputation. So, you know, the reality is these strategic buyers, you know, they can, they are often larger firms uh, that evaluate these businesses based on what it could be worth if they were at its wheel and making the decision. So the CEO looks at it and says, okay, if I were running that company, would I be able to make, you know, decisions that would enhance the value? Uh, so as such, you know, the strategic buyers are often willing to pay a little bit more for a company than will a financial buyer because of some enhanced value that they expect to derive, you know, from these synergies, you know, fueled by the acquisition. For a strategic buyer, it's less expensive and faster to acquire an existing company and benefit from the synergies than to build the company from scratch. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of good considerations here, Mark. And, and a moment ago, you were mentioning how there are different types of financial buyers. On the strategic buyer side, do you find that there are different types of strategic buyers as well? There's types of strategic buyers there's so many different types, right? There's different, different varied uh, flavors, if you will. But the types that you're going to see most often are, you know, suppliers looking, you know, for maybe a vertical integration, right? Looking to sell more products to a different, uh, a, a different a client base through vertical integration. Uh, I mean, customers that might be looking for vertical integration, competitors that 
Well, you know, oftentimes we see competitors that they're looking to benefit from an industry consolidation. They have, you know, they have information and they're, and they're saying this industry is going to so consolidate and there's opportunities for me to go here and find some bargains. That's one way. And then there's companies that are in related industries that might be looking to divide, to diversify their, their product line or their service line. Uh, and, and you know what, there's always those businesses that are in, a, let's say, adjacent industries that are selling similar products and they're looking to expand also. So you know, there's a variety of different type of strategic buyers. Mark, we've, you've done a great job of setting the scene on the two types of buyers. But now I think the million dollar question that begs to be asked is, is for an entrepreneur or a business owner out there that is thinking about selling, how do they tell which type of buyer might be best for them and best for their company and situation as a whole? And at the end of the day, really, that's what everybody is is looking for, right? The seller's looking for the right buyer and the buyer's looking for the right deal. So uh, the answer, of course, you know, for the seller, it comes down to, it depends on your goals and objectives. But, you know, there there are some guidelines that you can put to use for you. And, you know, let's let's consider, a, you, would, you might consider a financial buyer if you're looking to, you know, to seek access to capital for growth and acquisitions, or, you know, you value flexibility in a deal and you're looking for specific uh, transaction structure, or maybe you want to continue to be actively involved in the company after the deal. You'll think twice about a financial buyer if you don't want to take on additional debt payments, which sometimes can be considerable, right? Uh, you want to make an exit from the business entirely. You just want out. You want to extract your capital and extract your equity. Okay, well, you like the, you, you did, I'm sorry, you dislike the idea of the financial buyer exerting, let's say, some extensive financial influence on the business in a, in a way that would be undesirable to you. Okay, Mark. And then on the flip side of the coin, what would be mm -hmm. some guidelines from you for those uh, regarding a strategic buyer that you, know, you should consider or you shouldn't consider if you fall into these situations? Yeah, sure, Ryan. You know, you might you might think about a strategic buyer. For example, you're looking for the highest valuation for your company, or or you no longer want to be involved in the company's management after the sale. You just want out, uh, or maybe you want synergies between the two companies in order to increase the overall success of the two companies combined. Uh, but you may think twice about a strategic buyer if you feel that the those, those potential synergies. You know, you may not, they may not be realized and that your company might suffer or, or, or that maybe, you know, you worry about the sale would hurt the morale of, of, among your employees who you may, you know, most likely are loyal to and, and care about, or maybe you think that the customers might have a negative reaction to the sale and that could ultimately hurt the business and those employees too. So, you know, pros and cons to every deal, you really have to look at each specific deal, evaluate them on their merits based upon what your perspective, your goals and ambitions are. There you go. Amen. I mean, your goals and ambitions really drive this entire process. And Mark, I know you and your team at Echelon Family Office have a lot of these types of conversations with business owners that might be approaching this moment or helping them through these moments. For anybody out there in our audience that learned a thing or two or is scratching their head thinking, oh, I, I could benefit from a conversation about me and my business, what would be the best way somebody could reach out to you and your team and just open up a dialogue? Well, hey, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. Uh, so 
we, we can be visited on the web at www.echelonoffice.com. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word office.com. Uh, you could call 888-892-9882, or you can email me directly at mwade, that's M-W-A-D-E, at echelonoffice.com, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word office.com. Fantastic. Well, Mark, I appreciate you. I know you're a busy guy and you got clients to serve, so we'll let you get back to doing that. But a uh, really good conversation today. A lot of value out there for entrepreneurs and business owners. And uh, I'll see you back here on the next one. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Look forward to next time. Of course, of course. And folks, we want to take a final second here to thank you guys for stopping by and being with us on the show today. If you did take something away from today's discussion and you learned a thing or two, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the platform that you checked us out on today so that you don't miss out on other great conversations just like this one. You know, Mark and I are unpacking different wealth management topics each time we get together so that you and yours come out better for it on the other side. Before Mark, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Optimizing Your Financial World.